There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. I'm Mark Borchard standing by to do our Q2 derivative show, MLB. By the way, we're going to do a podcast version of this as well. Uh, next week. So this is kind of the the early side of Q2. Next week we'll do the late side for the uh, podcast uh, podcast audience at Beating the Book. By the way, uh, Djokovic wins the third set and now breaks early in the fourth. So here we here we go. Oh, he's pretty good at this. Um, we have a bowling tournament here behind us at the South Point Hotel Casino. Jeff was just noting. What was your your question? Was what what score do you just need? Curious of what the scoring would be like in order to uh, to end up in the money. I don't Not know that, that I'm a good bowler at all. Th- there are teams, right? So I'm, I'm sure there's like one really good bowler on every team, and then the rest of them might just be kind of a dime a dozen. But you know Dr. Bob, who comes on and does college football with us, and basketball, the great Dr. Bob Stoll, he, uh, I think his dad was a bowler, or he grew up in a bowling alley or something, and Bob, like, we'd go bowling, and he would take it so seriously and he would be like, well, Gil, you know, I didn't, I didn't bowl that well today because I didn't properly uh, assess the, uh, whatever the, whatever the substance is, the wax or whatever they put on the lane itself, because it would determine, at least according to him, right, it would determine his curvature, wrong term, on the ball going down the lane based on the time of day and how much erosion of that substance would have occurred. Is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? That's bowling, though. Some of these guys out here take this super seriously. 
I'm not here to judge anybody. <laughs> You're probably right. I don't mean to judge either. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Borchett is here at BaseWinner, BaseWinner.com. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, Gil. You know, that sounds so Dr. Bob. He's, uh, he's like doing all the math of the bullying. That's so funny. It, dude, he would have the biggest thing. He'd be like, God, sorry, Gil. I just didn't, I didn't really assess it very well. Kirby <laughs> would be like, okay, man, we're just bowling. Um, before we get into Q2, picks of the day. Do you have any to share with us here early? You know, the one, the one game that I would say that's, that's, I think worthy of talking about is, as Tampa Bay. Uh, I like Springs. I think he's a better pitcher than Pavetta. And I kind of like this Tampa Bay team as, as maybe a sneaky team, you know, down the line to, to do something in the playoffs, you know, with McClanahan and I don't quite understand that the AL side, you know, I don't understand why he's not the favorite hands down. I know he's Verlander's in there. I don't, I don't, I don't get that, but I think this Tampa Bay team with him and then Baz is pretty decent. And then they have, you know, their bullpen's good too. So getting some production from guys who are expected to produce that haven't like uh, Josh Lowe comes to mind. And, and, and I think he's like a 47 way to runs created plus now and his projections are, are over a hundred. But I think this Tampa Bay is, as a dog here is a pretty good price skill. Plus one fifteen on the, uh, on the Tampa Bay Rays uh, at Fenway. That's seven ten Eastern tonight, four ten Pacific. Just looking at the uh, current, since you brought it up, the current AL Cy Young numbers. And I am seeing Verlander is well, Verlander and McClanahan about co-favorites. Plus 260, plus 270. Always got to shop around for these. Garrett Cole, the third shot. And Shohei, number four. Oh, by the way, here's the Ben MGM numbers. Shane McClanahan, plus 250. Verlander, plus 275. Manoa, who just got shelled. Six to one. Garrett Cole, eight to one. And then Shohei, 12 to one. Yeah, yeah, I don't get this market at all. I mean, you look at the base winner ERA from McClanahan, and he's at 1.88. The next guy is Otani at 2.41. You got to go down to like 35th in Major League Baseball from a base winner ERA standpoint, 3.42 for Verlander. I just don't get it. I guess this market I just don't understand. But like, like Verlander is like, I mean, he's he's better than average from a from an expected ERA standpoint. But McClanahan's just, I think it. I don't. I think that at this point, if you didn't give it to McClanahan, you're like biased against Tampa Bay or something. I mean, he's he's six uh, six tenths of a run. His expected ERA six tenths of a run better than the next guy, who's Otani. And I think Otani's mispriced. I think Otani's got the potential. You know, he's he's going double digit strikeouts. You know, two. I think two of the last three games. So that market just bef- it befuddles me, Gil. It befuddles me. <laughs> you just wanted to use that word. The uh, you know Matt Vasgersian came on primetime action. Um, several months ago, well before the baseball season started, and talked to us about how the mound in Tampa at the Trop, at that horrific stadium that is the Trop, that something about the level of that mound and the angle, I'm not sure exactly what words he used, it has, it is, so they apparently measure the, the length that a, that a pitcher can get off that mound in terms of their delivery. Really granular, nuanced stuff. And it's by far, at least in terms of, you know, relatively speaking, by far, the, the most extension in the league. So if you're playing your home games there, the, the theory being that you have some sort of incremental advantage, he said Shane McClanahan. Look at, look at well, that right now. It's looking well, pretty yeah, good. And I, 
I think it's it's interesting because I don't think that these park factors, the strikeout park factors are accounted for in the voting. But if you look at Tampa Bay, their strikeout park factor is a 109. So 9% greater than average. And you say, well, that's not that much greater. But if you look and he's going to get 100 strikeouts at home, say, that's nine more. I mean, he's going to get nine more strikeouts than a guy saying that, that pitches at a, at a, a park factor that's not a strikeout park factor. But that's not accounted for in the, uh, in my opinion, it's not accounted for in the voting. But uh, it's something that that definitely is is statistically significant enough to to give this guy, you know, a weighted a a a, a expected ERA that's better than than really what it should be. But I don't. But I guess my point is is that they don't they're not using these the, the park factor adjustments. They're not saying, well, his adjusted strikeout rate, you know, is, is only 20, whatever it is, 28%, not 30%. And so I think that he gets an advantage uh, pitching there uh, for his home starts, at least. Yeah. Shohei 12 to one. Just want to point that out. Just want to point that out. Let's do some Q2 derivatives and we'll never get through them. Now, again, as we do this, every 40 games ish in major league baseball, it is a, a look through different sports, betting baseball, betting lenses to try to determine what is predictive what is just narrative? That would be up to you. But we'll start with the most macro, which is widely available, and we'll narrow it down to the most proprietary, which is first inning numbers that we have here on the show that we've done on, on this show, a numbers game on the Beating the Book and Betting Dork podcast. Before that, Mark and I have done this for over a decade. And first, we always start with, all right, just the bizarro exercise of money line betting on Major League Baseball teams, full game. If you bet them as a favorite, laying the price to win a unit every single game or bet them a unit to win more than a unit as a dog anytime they were a dog. The number one money team in baseball all year, sir, is? Your New York Yankees, Gil. Which is incredible, right? So they're up 13.55 units. This per a site like Covers.com, which is widely, again, widely available. The Yankees are, are 58 and 22, now, the reason there's some people that are going to land, be like, well, what do you mean? That That's obviously it's the Yankees. Imagine the big numbers on them on a day-to-day basis, the massive favorites that they tend to be in so many of their games. The fact that they're still able to overcome that with a 58-22 and 22 record and still pocket 13.55 units for, again, the bizarro exercise of betting on them every single day, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that was pretty incredible, and they're like clear of the next team by like eight units or something like that. So, wow, you know that no, that is that you make a really good point about the uh, the, the high price that you got to lay with them, and in spite of that, they're still number one by a while, by yeah. a long shot. Well, they're yeah. they're up by three units over the the Mets, who also again fifty and thirty, and a favorite a lot of the time, although not nearly as many times as the Yankees and the Astros, right? Who are up ten point seven units for betters. The, the first team that ends up being sort of like not among baseball's elite that is a huge team for betters is the Baltimore Orioles, and that makes sense. They've overperformed this year 37-44 and 44 in the standings. You'd be up 9.3 units betting on them every single day. But, of course, they've been a dog much of the time. Those are the types of teams we expect to see at the top of such a list. But we, we were very top-heavy this year, at least the halfway mark, Q2, Yankees, Mets, Houston, followed by Baltimore and San Diego. Baltimore, you know, one of these teams is not like the rest. That would be them. Which of these do you think is sustainable? All of them? None of no, them? No, I, I don't think the Yankees are. I think they're they're laying too much of a price. I mean, you're seeing them, like, today. They're I think they're close to minus 200 on the road, and they shouldn't be. Um, I think that 
You know, Baltimore is an interesting team to me, Gil. They've done a lot of really good things with their their making up the, of the park just from a physical standpoint. They said, "Hey, well, we can't we can't compete with this power in the in the uh, AL East. Let's let's bring the park. Let's put the fence back." And then they've got a couple good that Tyler Wells is somebody to watch uh, every time his rotation goes up. So I like Baltimore. Um, I I think that Houston's an interesting team for me, Gil. Uh, for me, you look at them and their their run scored is like 4.4 per game. And and like if you look at like some of the advanced numbers that I run, they're closer to like a 5.1. So I would almost like blanket bet the team total over it because they just haven't they haven't scored as many runs as they're capable of by my numbers. By the in, way, in my opinion. the worst money line teams in baseball, no surprise at the very bottom, Oakland Athletics would have cost you 17.85 units if you bet them every single day this season. And by the way, if you have, you're probably doing something wrong. Uh, Cincinnati, number two worst, 16.75 units in the red. And then the the outlying team, the team that is actually fairly good in the standings, but is just a hemorrhager for sports bettors, for baseball bettors, on the money line full game, the Los Angeles Angels, down 14.25 units if you bet them every single game. The most disappointing team for sports bettors, really, when you look at it through that lens this year. Yeah, they've been disappointing. You know, the interesting thing that I, I uncovered the other day was the like the strikeout percentage the last 30 days offensively. And the Angels, number one in baseball. I just wouldn't think that. And then Trout, last two months strikeout percentage, he's like 33%. So he's striking out like one wow. out of every three times at bat. Wow. I thought it was really surprising. When I, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're doing your spreadsheets and you're, you're, you're looking at these numbers, you see some surprises. Those were surprises to me. All right, we'll come back. We'll do the uh, home road splits on Moneyline. We'll just briefly look at those. Then the run line numbers. Best teams, worst teams on the run line thus far through half. Generally speaking, half the Major League Baseball season. Then we'll go to umpires, starting pitchers, first fives, and first innings. Q2 derivatives, MLB betting, numbers game, VEASAN, the sports betting network. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. 
because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Numbers game brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget the summer special is here. Still $19 now through July 31st. The VEASAN summer special. Everything we do from the end of July. VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want at the cost, only $19. To be a subscriber through July 31st, sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Mark Borchard from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert at basewinner, basewinner.com. Joining us to do uh, Q2 derivatives. We get tweets at beating the book. J&J watering hole. Careful, Gil. Dr. Bob and other serious bowlers take their oil patterns and lane conditions very seriously. I would liken it to your numbers. Work on uh, clay versus grass, etc. Phil Weiss. Please ask the guy, <laughs> I think he's talking about Mark Borchard, uh, what Gonsolin's chances are. Mark, uh, Jason Weingarten and I talked about this yesterday. We've talked about Tony Gonsolin before, and, and the reason it's an interesting subject for NL Cy Young we're talking about here, and, and Gonsolin is roughly around 11-1 to 1 when we looked at this yesterday, is that he's 10-0. and 0. We're showing 10-1 and 1 here, courtesy of BetMGM. Alcantara, Burns, and Musgrove, shorter shots than Gonsolin. But the reason he's interesting is because he's 10-0 and and has given up fewer than 50 hits. And we just, we don't, we, we have made a living here in analytics, in the analytics world, not caring about wins and losses. But the interesting thing about Gonsolin is at what point do the wins and losses become, um, I'll make up a word, unignorable? You know, we talk, this is similar to Jack Flaherty. I think it was Correct. last year's where we were talking right. about this. And it's, it's, it's really uh, a a similar situation. And my, my take on Gonsolin is I think that he's bound to regress to the bad. So n- number one, that batting average of balls in play, left on base percentage, home run to fly ball. That's a chart, a luck chart. He's number one in baseball on that. But if you just take a look at his base winner ERA, and this is strikeout percentage, walk percentage, ground ball rate, things that the the, the pitcher can control. He's at 3.67, which is 56th in baseball. So, you know, not too impressive. And his ERA is 1.54. So I think the guy's going to regress. I don't think it's going to be a discussion because I think that, that, uh, over the, the second half of the year, you'll see these numbers regress. Gil. Okay. Julio Arias, 20 and three, 20 and three last year. And he didn't even sniff the NL Cy Young. He was seventh in the voting. So Gonsolin would have to, if, if the win loss thing is going to matter, just everything you say being taken to heart. But like if he went, you know, 20 and one 
then you get somebody's attention. 18-0, and 0, you'd get somebody's attention. But sort of anything worse than that, as we saw with Urias, probably still doesn't factor into voters. Let's, let's continue with the Q2 derivatives. One, one, we were doing the money lines on teams. Just splitting those up. Best home money line team, the Yankees. Of their 13.55 units, 9.5 of them have been at home in the Bronx. Baltimore's the second-best home money line team. The Mets, third-best. By the way, Colorado checks in fourth uh, in terms of uh, home splits. Worst at home, no surprise, Oakland is the worst. Washington, second-worst. Cincinnati, third-worst. Kansas City, fourth-worst. Just a uh, just a horrible collection of teams. Although the White Sox, by the way, fifth-worst at home would have cost you 8.8 units at home, bizarro exercise of just betting them at home every single game, both as favorite and as dog. Away, San Diego Padres, best away money line team, 7.75 units to the positive this year. Houston next. White Sox, interestingly, third best on the road. So the White Sox with massive home road splits. That obviously bears out in the uh, in the standings as well, as they are 16-22 and 22 at home this year, 22-18 and 18 on the road. And by the way, the worst on the road, the Rockies. So the Rockies with the other big splits, but to the other direction, great at Coors, kind of sucky away from Coors, which is which is one of the more tried and true things in baseball, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. And sometimes you're looking at this and you're going, darn, I wish I would have got ahead of that. And you know that with Colorado, right? Just you, you play them at home and you play against them on the road and it's really held up. Uh, over, I think probably, gosh, I'm thinking like three, four years ago. I mean, it, it always is like that, but it's been really, really slanted the last couple of three years. Yes. And there are reasons for that, correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the reasons are though, Gil. I mean, you think that like, you, you think that they would be not as awful on the road. I mean, but maybe they just get into a, a situation where that altitude just plays such a game with them from a seeing the pitch standpoint. Well, if, I don't know, there's, if, if, there's a lot of theories out there. I don't know. I don't know which one you, you buy, though. Well, yeah, it, it really would depend which one you buy. One of them could be if we wanted to give the Rockies credit, right? If we wanted to give their front office credit, which is a horrible way to start any sentence, by the way, if you wanted to give the Rockies brass credit, you would say, well, maybe they figured out hitters, right? that in a ballpark as vast as as Coors are actually tailored to that ballpark, right? It's the old Pablo Sandoval thing. He's a great player at AT&T. We used to be AT&T, now it's Oracle, right? Used to be lots of things, now it's Oracle in San Francisco, which has the widest dimensions of any other ballpark besides Coors. But you send him to Fenway, I'll never understand why the Red Sox signed him, and that's not the ballpark for a slappy hitter like him. So that's one theory, right, where you're like, oh, yeah, get, get guys, you know, like, like Randy Gritchicks of the world and, and get players like that, and so you'll be better at home. And then there's a pitching angle to, you know, theories. It goes on and on. But essentially, it has held up the Rockies this year again. 4.7 units of the positive at home, minus 6.5 units the negative on the road. That would be one of those where I would be inclined to say probably sustainable both directions. Yeah, I think I think that that uh, I think the White Sox thing is weird, though. I think that's White that's Sox just a thing weird. Is weird. That, that, yeah. That's just a weird descriptive stat. But yep. you know, the Colorado thing is interesting, and 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 uh, there's been people that have researched it and said it's because the the hitters aren't used to seeing the same break, so they so they go from right. from they go from. Colorado where the ball's not moving as much. And then they, they go to a different park. Like they, they go to San Diego and, and, and they're playing the a different game. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's the uh, Sergio Romo, right? His slider was great until he got to Coors, and then all of a sudden the slider didn't slide, and he would get shelled, right, when he got to Coors. That's, that's exactly what you're talking about, just to use one pitcher. Run line, de facto power ranking in terms of baseball betting. Run line, full game, we're still talking here. The number one run line team in all of baseball, do-do-do-do-do, let me see, would be, oh, you can guess this, right? I can guess it because I looked it up, though. It's, it's the Orioles. It's the Orioles. It is the Orioles. It's the Orioles, followed by the Mets and the Dodgers and teams you would suspect to be up there. Again, run line, give a run and a half when you're the favorite. Get a run and a half when you're the dog. The Orioles, if you had bet them on the run line every single game this year, you'd be 51-30 and 30 for 16.75 units to the positive. In other words... That's been the best single full game team bet in all of baseball. Better than the Yankees on the money line is the Orioles on the run line. Yeah, that's really interesting. But, uh, you know, they're doing good things in Baltimore. They're, they're, they're rebuild. That team's competitive now. So uh, it's nice to see. It's nice to see that, that the team's not giving up, in my opinion. By the way, Washington Nationals just on the inside of the Beltway, supposed to be on the outside of the Beltway with Baltimore. Uh, you'd be down 19.9 units on the run line with the Washington Nationals, by far the worst team in baseball, though Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Oakland, the other usual suspects are right there in the bottom five as well. So there's and, that. You know, I think that stands out to me. I think Washington's a better team than, than what they're showing right now. And, you know, they're saying that Soto's down, but, like, Soto's still like, got a 134 weighted runs created plus. His projections are, like, 165, so I guess – I guess that's that's why people are saying that he's down, but still still having a good year. I, I think that that team's bound for some some positive regression. All right, uh, starting pitchers. This is kind of bizarro again. When you back the team, when this particular starting pitcher is on the hill, who have been the most profitable starting pitchers, either because of their performance or maybe they've just been fortunate with how their team has performed even after they've left the mound. Martin Perez, Mark. <laughs> who we bet on over a decade ago, it seems like. I believe maybe exactly a decade ago with Texas Rangers. Back with Texas. The Rangers are 12-4 and four in his starts this year for 8.8 units of the positive. If you just backed Martin Perez starts every single time. Jamison Tyon of the Yankees. Yankees are 13-2 and two behind him. But remember, because the Yankees are favorites and the Rangers, in the aforementioned example, oftentimes are dogs. Uh, Yankees would be the second biggest moneymaker for you. Backing Tyon, 7.4 units. Uh, and then Ashcraft from the Reds because they're six and two in his starts, and they're probably huge dogs in all of those. He ends up being third. And the worst, the worst in all of baseball. And again, much of this is the pitcher, much of it is not. Frankie Montas, ten point seven units if you back the Athletics in all of Frankie Montas's starts, you'd be three and fourteen. Green of the uh, Reds and Corbin of the Nationals, no surprise, right behind him. I thought that Montas one was interesting because he's really a good pitcher. So that just shows you how bad that Oakland team is. So bad. But I was, I was wondering, like, like is he going to use that as – are they going to use that to negotiate against him? Be like, well, but on the money <laughs> line, you're, you're only this. But, yeah. yeah. I listened to the Q2 derivatives, and it turns out we suck when you're on the hill. I don't know why. <laughs> um, we will do umpires, and we'll do first fives and first innings on the other side. Uh, Mark, the reason that umpires is always so interesting on Mark is, well, I will I will go through this year's stats thus far in roughly 80, 81 games of the season, give or take a game or two for these teams. But Mark has historical stats. And so when you are betting totals primarily, sides also, but totals really is what we're looking at here with umpires. 
Uh, let's see which of this year's stats jibe with the historical stats, which umps you should be betting overs with and unders with. That's on the other side. Numbers Game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a Numbers Game, Gil Alexander, Mark Borchard, base winner, joins us for our uh, quarterly, our Q2 Major League Baseball betting derivatives show, which we do uh, year after year, Q1, Q2, Q3. And again, the purpose of this is to sort of go through what has happened and what, for our betting purposes, might be something to watch moving forward and what is just sort of anomalous, like we were talking about with the home road splits with the Rockies versus that of the White Sox. Rockies make sense, probably continues. White Sox, eh, probably just random. Over 80 games. At least that's uh, the assessment. That, that one's a great example. That's a great example, Gil. I think yeah. that's, that one's perfect. Because like the, the White Sox is like, if you can come up with a reason for me yeah. why that happens, more power to you. But I can't. But the Rockies, you're, you're right. That, w- that was a good example, I thought. All right. Let's talk about umpires. These are available. So so umpires, for every series, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mark, There are there's an assignment, one of whom the, the crew chief is – is oftentimes starts, but doesn't have to be the home the uh, the umpire behind home plate, and then they rotate through a series. A site like StatFox, for instance, will give you the umpire behind home plate well before a game, and there are umpires who historically are over umpires or under umpires based on totals, game totals. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean for the over guys that they have a really super small strike zone, the size of a thimble? And so batters go to town, more base runners with uh, fewer strike calls. Perhaps the opposite for unders where it's a wide strike zone. Whatever the reasons, here are the ones from this year that are the most over-friendly. And we'll see if any match with your historical umpire stats. We'll do it with a minimum number of games behind uh, calling balls and strikes behind home plate. Nick Marley, five games behind home plate, all over. Nick Marley, everybody. Uh, Hunter Wendelstead, six of seven when he's been behind home plate have gone over. Alfonso Marquez, six of seven over. Chris Siegel, six of seven over. Brian Knight, not Brian McKnight. Brian Knight, five of six over. Uh, And we'll also give a shout out to Edwin Moscoso, seven of nine to the over when he's been behind home plate. And Jeremy Rehack, six of eight, along with Chris Guccione, both six of eight to the over when they've been calling balls and strikes behind home plate. Any of those match? Well, first of all, I, I, I want to. I think that whatever Brian Knight is, you're going to put him in the top ten because you want to reference that Brian McKnight. Seems like we do time. every time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do even if he's not in there, you're going to put him in there. But no, uh, Marquez is the one that he's the number one from a strikeout percentage, walk percentage, ground ball rate standpoint. He's the number one over historically. And it's like it's a five-year weighted sample is, is what I do. So, yeah, Marquez really stands out to, to, to me. Okay, so that's just, that's just sort of actional baseball stuff where it's, let's say you have a lean either to the over-under and you see that he is, Alfonso Marquez, is your umpire. Perhaps you're on an under. Maybe it takes you off. That. If you're on the over, maybe that corroborates your play for you. Let's talk about the most uh, under-ish umps, if you will, from behind home plate this year and see if they match your historical stats. Uh, Quinn Walcott, four of four under behind home plate. Andy Fletcher, five of five have gone under when he's been behind home plate. Um, did I just say Andy Fletcher? Oh, we have two Andy Fletchers. So he's either five of five or he's eight of nine. There seems to be a uh, little bugaboo here in these numbers. Seven of eight 
behind home plate. Will Little, those games have gone under. Games have gone under six of seven times. Ed Hickok uh, has been behind home plate. And now we're showing uh, some others as well. So uh, seven of nine for Lance Barrett. Six of, so a little, uh, again, a little, uh, a little glitchy this year looking at the umps. But any of those ring true? No, there's one guy that I looked at the board on uh, the Stat Fox board, and then Marty Foster is five units ahead on the under. And that guy, he's only had that you took him out because he's only had six games, but that guy historically has been an uh, under umpire. But but of that list, I, I'm not seeing anybody, at least in my top 10, Gil. Okay. So Alfonso Marquez to the over being the biggest match there. Let's talk about first five innings. A lot of people obviously love betting first fives. Uh, great job done. I used to keep these myself, but. Uh, don't have time to anymore. So shout out to the crew at Odds Shark uh, for doing this through the years. They keep first five money line records. Uh, the latest that they have up is through last Wednesday. So I've actually gone in at the top of the list and the bottom of the list and sort of just manually extended those teams. But the Mets, the number one first five betting team in all of baseball this year, uh, through last Wednesday, up 10.9 units. Uh, per Odd Sharks' first five numbers, ten point nine units on the Mets. By the way, since then they've gone three and one, so they only extended that. The Astros were second, up nine point eight five units per Odd Shark first five. Since then, the Astros have gone three one and one. Uh, Yankees are third; they've gone two and two since. You'd be up eight units, eight point oh five units betting them first five this year. No real surprise. And then the Twinkies, the Twins would be fourth, two two and one. By the way, since. Uh, Odd Sharks numbers through last Wednesday, 7.4 units. Nothing really surprising there with first five, is there? Yeah, they're all division leaders. That's interesting. Yeah. Just play the division leader on the first five. Yeah. And then at the bottom, this is so there has been a switch between two and three. Uh, through last Wednesday, uh, Odd Shark with great tabulations. By the way, the Reds, it should be pointed out, are on the bottom of everything we've talked about. Money line, the splits on money line, the run line, they're bottom five on everything. Consistently bad across the board. They're also fourth worst first five. Uh, but the Odd Sharks numbers through last Wednesday, they had the Rockies as the third worst first five betting team. Again, bizarro exercise. You're betting the Rockies as a dog or as a favorite first five every single game. The Rockies since that time, though, um, have gone one in three. So they're now the second worst. The team that was the second worst as of last as of last Wednesday night, the Royals, they've actually had the benefit of playing the Tigers the last uh, the last stretch of games, or much of their last stretch of games was against the Tigers. They're four and0 since then. So now they're the third worst, not the second worst. But the worst team on the first five is the aforementioned Tigers. The Tigers through last Wednesday would have cost you 18.3 units. Betting them first five every single game. By the way, if you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. Since then, one and three. So they're just getting worse and worse. It's about as tried and true a bet as you can have this year. That Detroit team was a baseball hipster favorite this season to yes, uh, it you know, was. contend. And I, I never liked them. So anyway. You you wanted no part of that. No, I didn't. I didn't like Detroit. And people yeah. were like, how can you not like Detroit? And uh, so far, it's it's worked out pretty good. They're they're gonna they're gonna really cruise under that season win total, Gil. And the thing about that Detroit one again, the whole object here is what of this is narrative, what of this is predictive moving forward. Is there any reason to believe that they won't continue to be awful first fives? Well, other than the pricing, so you know yeah. that if they if they do that and. But I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they haven't got any production for their lineup. If you look at their lineup, it's just awful, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, so the, I don't know, maybe 
I'd like Tarek Skubal, but he's he's kind of fallen on hard times his last three or four starts. But other than that, like I don't really see any so any you, compelling reason to go Detroit. And you just hit on something that is again very so the actionable part of this is when the teams are good and they do well, when the teams are bad and they do bad. Typically, the pricing on a day to day basis doesn't really incentivize us, right? It's the teams like the Orioles who have overperformed money line and especially run line. And a team like the Angels that just, you know, people fading the Angels have done so well against the money line. By the way, they cropped up as well uh, when we were looking at, uh, at other sort of numbers here. Those are the sort of actionable ones day to day. But, like, when you look at the first five there, it's kind of tough. Yeah, it's one thing to say the Tigers are terrible, but there's nothing really you'd want to bet. And, by the way, it's Tigers, Rockies, Royals, Reds, Phillies, I guess, is the one Phillies are the one first five. They've done really poorly. You would have thought otherwise. Yeah, especially if you look at uh, Nolan Wheeler, they're like in the top 10 from an XFIP standpoint. They're the only two pitchers, or the only team that has two pitchers in the top 10 XFIP on fan graphs is, are the Phillies. So you wouldn't you wouldn't think that. you think that they'd at least uh, you know be really super good uh, with Nola and Wheeler, which I, I, I'm not going di- to digress into why Nola should be where, better odds than he is uh, for the Cy Young, but it's... That's another one that baffles me, Gil. 20 to 1 currently for NL Cy Young. All right, first inning stats. These are proprietary here on the show. The uh, worst first inning pitchers, starting pitchers in baseball this year, minimum 40 plate appearances against here at the halfway mark in terms of opponent be- uh, on base percentage. The worst. Any Any guess? I can't. You know what? You got me on this one. Usually I can get ahead of you on it, yeah. but I, I, I am not. So go ahead and just, just tell, tell everybody what it is. Bryce Wilson, 542 against. The right. worst. Yeah, that makes sense. Spencer Watkins, 490 against. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi, 479 against. First inning on base percentage. Jake Odorizzi, 475. Uh, Chris Bubik, 463. Minimum of 40 plate appearances against. Not sure if anything surprises you there. How about the first? How about the best? First inning, these pitchers ready to go. First innings, Max Freed, 186 opposing on base percentage. First innings, number one, Shane Bieber and Sonny Gray, both 200. Nick Pavetta, 207. Shane McClanahan, there you go, 217. How about our boy Jeffrey Springs, who's starting today, 187 first inning. Oh, I prob- but I have I have, I put it at 40 minimum plate appearances, so he probably has right. fewer than that. Yeah, he's got 36. Just 36, missed. just missed. Always fascinating, Mark. We appreciate it as always. And again, the play for today was the was the Rays. Was the Rays with the aforementioned Jeffrey Springs. Okay, there it is. Mark Borchard at Basewinner, Basewinner.com. You can find out all the media that he does through his Twitter as well. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Gil. My, my pleasure. More NFL stuff with Jeff next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points. That's MGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, are you? Well, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff, did you uh, take in 4th of July fireworks yesterday at all? You and the uh, fiancé? I mean, it's a firework display anywhere locally here in Vegas because people just shoot them off randomly. So if you count that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your neighbor shot them off. I missed them entirely. Didn't see them this year. What time did they do them? 9 p.m.? What time? It was 9 o'clock. I think the closest one to you would have been at Caesars. Well, they're all over the strip. I get on my roof of building. I can see yeah, everywhere, but I just didn't. Just didn't do it? I didn't even hear it. Like, I don't know what it was. Uh, you are very fortunate then. I mean, just didn't really. By the way, please, people who record fireworks on your phones, no one wants to see them. It's the biggest thing. All right, NFL. NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jeff, is that what you're serving up next? What do you got here? Kenny Pickett is your favorite at BetMGM, which is not really much of a surprise because this market is really skewed towards quarterbacks uh, if guys actually are playing full seasons. 
Drake London at 7-1. Traylon Burks at plus 750. Brees Hall, the first second rounder to pop up here at 8-1. Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State of Green Bay, took at plus 850. Garrett Wilson, Olave, and Jamison Williams all at 10-1. Everyone else north of that. John Dotson, 18-1. Let's go, baby. For the Virginia Commanders with the taco holder logo. Um, so Kenny Pickett is is the short shot because he is the quarterback, as you point out, and he is presumed to be the starter. Like, I mean, I don't you know what they say really about assuming at this point, you know what they say about assuming last nine years. Let's do this. OK, as we do with all of these. The list of offensive rookies of the year. This is the Associated Press Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. We're showing odds from BetMGM. The last nine years. Guess how many quarterbacks have won it? Before we before we launch into well he's the quarterback so he should be the short shot. Are we starting with RG three or no? Are we including RG three on this list or no? No, I strategically went so last you're going nine years. Post RG three. Post RG three. Okay. By the way, can we just take a moment, everybody, close their eyes and remember the great everyone in studio. I'd like everybody to close their eyes and remember the great 2012 season of Robert Griffin the third. Oh, a career derailed by injury. I'll go. Uh, it's, so that's nine seasons, correct, Gil? That is what it is. That is I'll go three. four out of nine. Three. Okay. The answer so, is three. Herbert Herbert won two years ago. Kyler Murray won. And the other one was Dak Prescott was in Dak. 2016. Okay. Other than that, it's been wideouts and running backs. Jamar Chase last year before Herbert and Kyrie, excuse me, for Herbert and Kyler, pardon me. Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. Then it was Dak, and then it was Gurley and Odell Beckham Jr. By the way, good track record of these players ending up being monsters. Eddie Lacy would probably be the last offensive rookie of the year winner that didn't really amount to much thereafter, if we can say that. Eddie Lacy in 2013. But you're right, before then, it was RG3 and Cam and Sam Bradford, then Percy Harvin, and then Matt Ryan. So it used to be much more quarterback. I don't even know, but if you go past that, still like, I guess it's it's not as quarterback heavy as you'd think. Is I guess my point here. So I don't know that Kenny Pickett should automatically be five to one. Where else would you go though? This is this is such a tough, tough market. Really to think. difficult market. Yeah. Uh, also, too, Desmond Ritter being twelve to one is insane. Uh, he's oh I didn't even see him in insane there. yeah totally insane that he's that short he is he is not supposed to be the starter day and, one. And, and if he plays he's going to be on a on a horrible team it's not going to go well if he plays so that's what about it, let me just throw out randoms what about Pete Carroll's strange obsession with running backs Kenneth Walker at eleven to one yeah I, I it's not impossible but again <laughs> you're dealing with a team that's going to be horrible there in Seattle in all likelihood. You know what this comes down to for me? the One of these wide receivers, a la Jamar Chase. By the way, had J- Justin Jefferson didn't win because of Justin Herbert, I guess, huh? Was that what happened two years ago? Yeah. Wow, what a what a tough beat that was for Justin Jefferson, who set all kinds of wideout records. But I think, I think your success in this market is going to come down to your ability to determine who that breakout wideout is, right? Like, you just have the feeling, the way that the league is going – passing league that it is that it's not going to be the quarterbacks it's going to be one of the wideouts and and whoever it is is anybody's guess because is it Traylon Burks who's going to be wideout 1A 
I guess, in Tennessee. But you still have Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. Drake London, who's right at the top of the wide receiver chart for the Falcons, which is why those guys are in reverse order, 7-1 and plus 750. Or is it going to be the fact that Christian Watson plays with Aaron Rodgers and he's probably going to start, plus 850? Or how much do you believe in Zach Wilson to get the ball to Garrett Wilson? So, I mean, and there's Jamison Williams right in Detroit who, who leaps to the top of that wide receiver depth chart. It's one of those, it's, it's one tough. of those wide outs, it, but I couldn't tell you who. So Williams, the one concern is, is he going to play enough this season? And I, sk- and I skipped over Olave in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I, Olave in New Orleans is interesting, and Michael Thomas doesn't come back. Because then there's going to be a need of a number one wide receiver, and Olave could end up being that guy in New Orleans. The guy I would lean towards is Watson, just because that depth chart in Green Bay is a mess, and it's some Aaron Rodgers is going to have to find someone he's comfortable with. Problem is, we know how Aaron Rodgers has been with rookies in the past. So, uh, this is a very complicated the, market. I agree. That I definitely would not bet. I Beckett. would not be betting these. Definitely yeah. not be betting uh, Ritter. The interesting thing would be, though, uh, just to throw James Cook out there real quick, because if he's utilized in the pass game for Buffalo, and the Bills have this massive year, and Cook has a, a, a lot of receptions and ends up getting some carries. Uh, and scores a bunch. There, there's not. There, there is a path that he could win this award. Again, sixteen to one is too short. I, I'm gonna say this for this one, for this market. These, these odds, courtesy of BetMGM. And by the way, the reason I bring up Jahan Dotson at the very top is there are some people who believe Jahan Dotson is actually the sneaky play here. I will tell you this for me. The only way to play that, and this is not going to be the sexy answer, because for whatever reason, people want to. Ah, oh, it's so much sexier to do it preflop. I'd actually wait in season. No uh, problem with that. Like, wait a game or two for one of those guys, one of those wideouts specifically to distinguish themselves, and then have no compunction taking them at that point. But, like, to, to try to guess at this point is just that to me. I think it's a guess. Someone might be smarter than I am on that and might have, you know, conviction and good on them if it, if it gets home, but I don't. What about defense? What do you got here? This is, this is also one where you're like, huh. If you go back historically, as we just did with offense, and we go to defense, here are your last AP defensive players of the year. Micah Parsons, who could forget last year? Did anyone deserve it more, by the way? How good is he? See that, see that footage of him playing basketball the other day? Chase Young, the year before that for Washington. Nick Bosa? Darius Leonard back in 2018? Marshawn Lattimore? Joey Bosa? Marcus Peters, Aaron Donald, Sheldon Richardson, Luke Keekley. Wow, that's a pretty good list, too. So which of these guys this year? Aiden Hutchinson for the Detroit Lions is your short shot, 5-1 to one at BetMGM. Kayvon Thibodeau, plus 550. By the way, our own uh, Story Bonatoni did a great interview with Kayvon post-draft over at Circa. Trayvon, number one pick in the draft, plus 650. And then you see the rest with the cornerbacks, Stingley Jr. and Sauce, both at 10 to 1. Nicobe Dean's second rounder at 14 to 1, right? Whew. Dean was a third rounder. Third rounder, right. Yeah. Like he just dropped Kept and dropped. Because of the injury concerns. And he's 14 to 1. Oh, man. I, I mean, the thing about, so, so again, that list that I just read, yeah, there was a couple secondary guys in there. I was about to say secondary guys don't win this, but yeah, they're in it. Lattimore, Peters, they're in there though not the norm in recent history. 
does that keep you away from Stingley Jr. and Sauce Gardner? How dominant do those guys have to be in order to win the award? That's what it comes down to. And If you get 10 picks, do you win this automatically? Not if somebody gets like 15 sacks, I guess. Well, look, Stingley, <laughs> Stingley's on probably the team that's going to be the worst team in the NFL, if not second worst. Gardner's on a team where the defense is still being put together. So problem with corners is you can just throw it away from them right. after a while. The, the, they can have amazing years and no one throws at them. Yeah. The only thing I, again, I would go with the same strategy that you would employ on the offensive. Yes. I would wait, wait, see if you get a slow start from either Thibodeau or Hutchinson and then bet them in season. Like I said, not, not necessarily the sexiest answer, but not all of these are going to have a, you know, an awesome answer. I think for both of those, you do wait and play them. Get ahead of it though. Don't wait too long. Just after a couple games, Lombardi line is next. Brady Cannon in studio from VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network. Enjoy. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.